Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. This is Synergize This with your host, Sin Chelich. Uh, and I'm only going to use my surname once now so people know it's not Selic, it's Chelich. And why did I choose Synergize This? Well, I spent probably half an hour back and forth with ChatGPT trying to, trying to find a cool name. And I asked it for puns with my name and it came up with Synergy and all that stuff. And I just thought Synergize This. And I didn't want to think about it too much. I'm just going to leave it as it is and hopefully have a cool intro beforehand. But uh, welcome to the podcast. This podcast has just begun with episode one. I'm expecting this to be a practice run. There'll probably be four or five, maybe more episodes where I don't have any listeners. So this will be my little playground. So uh, yeah, it'll probably be me listening to myself later on in this just to (laughs) edit everything out. But a little bit about me before I start and my fitness journey. So I have been personal training now for three years, going on four years. Before that, I was a PE teacher for six years. Uh, PE and IT were my majors, but uh, my last two years were PE and math. And I taught uh, overseas in the UK for a year and a half for a little stint. But how I got into fitness fitness was I was a really skinny little lad um, when I was about 14, 15. So that's why I started going to the gym, just to pack on some muscle. I'm still skinny, but slightly less skinnier than I was. And I just developed a passion for it. And I love sports and I love PE and I love any type of movement that over time, it's just developed into what it is today. I've always wanted to help people. So that's why I worked with kids. I mean, kids were hard work. And now I work with adults because they listen better. And uh, it is a bit more rewarding because as a teacher, you don't have much input in what you say in the classroom and the rapport that I wanted to build with the kids uh, ended up becoming more difficult because of the education system. I'll get more into the education system in another time uh, because that's a big rabbit hole. But for now, let's get started with the show. So these episodes will be about health, fitness, strength conditioning, be a bit of philosophy in there. There'll be a lot of banter. There'll be questions that I will ask on Instagram and then people will shoot them away and the most interesting ones or the ones that I think are good to answer I'll put them up for now I've had a few um, and hopefully as we go on they they grow in numbers but the first thing I want to talk about today is the toxicity of the morning routine of the successful now I've been seeing a lot of these videos float around and I'm really, I used to be really into, I still love Joe Rogan, don't get me wrong, I still love Joe Rogan, and I was into a few other podcasters, especially a guy called Chris Williamson, and then the more you listen to these podcasts, the more you realize that it's kind of, uh, it's very subjective, it's almost like a self-help book, it's, everything is very subjective of the point of view of what works for that person, and why it would work for you, uh, and some of these people have to understand that the average everyday Joe just has doesn't have the same opportunity or the same resources that they do. So I came across this one guy the other day and I saw uh, a trainer that I follow, Angus Bradley, uh, posted up and it was this guy speaking about his crazy 4 a.m. routine where he wakes up, he puts an audiobook on for like double speed for 20 minutes, then he goes on the treadmill next to his wife at like 4.20 a.m., Shout out for 20 a.m. 
and he does a walking meditation for 30 minutes with his wife and then they do some kind of standing meditation for another 20 minutes which they're building some kind of oh look and he started throwing out some uh jargon with like uh, neuropinephrine endorphin dopamine all that stuff just to sound i think sound smart I didn't buy, buy his crap. I just I just saw straight through his crap because that is just an absolute joke. Because I know when I wake up at 3 a.m., the last thing I want to do is get up and do a walking meditation because it might not work for me. It might not work for you. Uh, and these successful people, yes, everyone's got 24 hours in a day, but it's just absolute horseshit. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a dick swinging contest to see who's got the bigger dick. And they're kind of very very uh, disconnected from the average person and the nine to five job that the majority of people have. Now, one guy who started this whole dopamine, serotonin, making sure you don't drink coffee in the morning for an hour, make sure you look at the sun, get some vitamin D, that was Andrew Huberman. And Huberman's been caught out to say a lot of stupid shit. He said a lot of good stuff. And look, when you're when you're saying... When you're on a podcast for four hours, you're gonna you're gonna say um, some amazing things. You're gonna say some stupid things and everything in between. So you throw shit at a wall and see what sticks. Literally take what we hear on podcasts and on the internet with a pinch of salt because a lot of it is glamorized and glorified. And it's just like this post that I made today. It was about um, how the internet is just a lot of. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. All this crap of, of what I eat in a day. They're not going to show you the McDonald's I've eaten or the KFC or the chocolate. They're not going to be transparent because it's just a hit to their ego. They're not going to speak about the fight they had with their missus, the guy they called uh, a C-word on the road. They're not going to talk about the negatives. They're all going to talk about the positives. That's how they're going to sell themselves as something that's perfect or someone that's perfect. And uh, guess what? We're, we're humans. We're we're very, very flawed. And speaking of very flawed, I watched Oppenheimer the other day. And Oppenheimer, by, by the director Christopher Nolan's um, opinion, is probably the most important person to ever live. And he was a very, very intelligent man, but God, was he flawed. All of us humans, we are super flawed. So we need to remember that next time we see shit on the internet. Now, what is the ideal morning routine? I don't think there is an ideal morning routine. I think you do what works for you. Some people wake up, smash two cups of coffee straight away before they can even utter a word, and that works for them. Some people wait an hour. Some people don't have any coffee at all. Uh, some people have a hot shower, cold shower. Everyone's different. What works for you might not work for me and vice versa. All I know is I tried these crazy morning routines during uh, the lockdowns. I don't know if I can say that. Well, if it's going to be censored or not. No, I was going to listen to this anyway. Uh, and my my morning routines my morning routines were hectic, like, but I didn't do anything. I didn't work, so all I had was time. I have a cold shower. I did the Wim Hof little course, which was like six weeks. I meditated. I stretched for like an hour. I exercised before I had anything else to do, which was nothing. Did that morning routine work for me? Like I felt pretty good, but did I need it? Probably not. Do I do that now? No. Do I feel happy now? Yes. I just find what works for me. You, It's like out of a book. You read a book and you just take out what you think is the most important and you use that. There's no point taking everything verbatim and implementing that in your life because it's not going to work. Same as self-help books. They don't really help all the time. They help that person who made made the book. 
but will it help you? Maybe not, maybe it will, just depends. Now what we're gonna do is we're gonna get started with uh, some of the the topics or um, from from the followers. Uh, this is one's actually from a client who's, whose topic that she sent in to me, Nat Boykovitis, hello Nat. So I've actually got two from Nat. Uh, the first one is, if you do a marathon or cold dip, you have to let everyone know how much better you are at life. And that is true. That it's, this is also going to lead on to her next, next topic. But it is true. Us as humans, we are, we are beings that like to feel superior to others. That's why uh, reality TV is so popular. Because if you ask me, would I watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians? I'd say, fuck no. But it is the most popular show on the planet. Why? Because I guess the, the dramas that these people have in their lives make other people feel happier about themselves and their lives. For an example, Maths Married at First Sight is probably the biggest show, I think, in Australia. And it is horrible. Literally two people they've never met get married, literally turn around or they walk down the aisles the first time they see them. They get married, they get put in a house, uh, they live together and then they go from there. And this is the most popular TV show in the country, I think, because it makes people feel better about themselves. They think, wow, how bad do these guys have it? How much do, do they suck? Do their lives suck? How much do they argue? It actually makes me feel better about my little shitty nine to five job when I get home and I can't be stuck doing anything other than watch TV on the couch. So I guess it just makes people feel better about themselves. Same as, you know, someone does a marathon. Um, and I get it, like a marathon's freaking amazing. Like that is, that is some, that is a crazy feat. And look, even cold dips are hard, but I get the people that continuously post about their little dips or their little little things they've ticked off in their day. It could be from a sense of, uh, a look at me, a superiority complex. But hey, look, if someone posts a marathon, man, good on them, because I don't know many people that, that have done a marathon because that is, that is a crazy feat. It goes on to the next topic from Nat Boykovides again. And it is how social media has made the fitness industry so toxic. Again, I spoke about this today in a, a little post, but it's what grabs attention these days. It, you, you can't do what's boring. You can't really do even what's right because you kind of you get lost in the weeds. So you want to kind of poke your head out and stick out. And most people stick out for the wrong reasons. A lot of the Gymshark models, for example, that are male, uh, they are on some kind of PEDs and enhancers. So we've seen an increase in young boys, young teenagers, uh, jumping on tests, jumping on some kind of growth hormone or some steroid while they're still developing. Uh, so we see a huge jump and huge spike in the consumption or the use of steroids. Uh, with women as well, with apps right now and filters, it, it's so easy to just catfish. And I've, the amount of stories I've heard of people on Hinge and Tinder catfishing each other uh, is, is on another level. Because I remember in school, and I'm 31 now, and I was in high school like, oh man, it feels like so long, like 13, 14 years ago. But back then, if you were ugly... You were ugly. And if you're good looking, you're good looking. If you're cute, well, fair enough. That, but there was no, you couldn't be ugly and look hot 
that's the best way I'm going to put it because that's that's the language kids are going to use in school. Because makeup just sucked. Kids didn't know how to use makeup. Girls didn't know how to use makeup. There was no YouTube tutorials back then. Um, and now you can literally uh, give yourself a full face of makeup, which will take you an hour and will, it will look professional. So the amount of catfishes visually, face-wise, and also body-wise with apps and distorting images and shapes of bums and boobs... Uh, and also plastic surgery and uh, fillers now. Social media in, in general has, has become toxic, and so has the fitness industry in terms of the fad diets and all these kind of secret, secret booty building programs. The amount of girls that don't have any qualifications on, and not just, I'm going to say guys as well, but girls that I've seen that have zero qualifications. On Instagram that are trying to sell booty programs who are just genetically gifted and who have no idea what they're talking about. They're doing the same thing that the other girl with the big booty is doing. Uh, they're just showing off their body. I would love to have a carousel or a side-by-side -side of the exact same pose that every girl does when she sticks her ass out with those scrunchies. I would love to see that because there's probably millions of photos that are exactly, exactly the same. But yeah, the industry is toxic because uh, we're even talking about chemicals in bananas that are bad for you uh, uh, there's chemicals in every food if i say a chemical that you don't even know or have heard of you're going to think it's poisonous even the whole well was it game changers on netflix when eating meat was bad and i got sucked in for a bit as well and i i went vegan for like a couple months till i realized that i was in the worst shape of my life with a vegan diet so eating meat is good for you eating eggs is not the same as smoking 10 cigarettes, eating eggs is good for you. Uh, and almond milk sucks, okay? So I'm back to the full cream titty milk, the cow milk. If you don't like that, then not my problem. Next one we have from Daniel Chilcott, Chili. Chili asked, what is, this is a strength question or a training question, what is tempo and its purpose? So tempo, if I was to break down a movement in a lift, you can have three parts. And the two main parts are the eccentric part of a movement, the lowering phase, the easy part, the concentric part of a movement, the lifting part, the, the harder part, or an isometric, which is just holding a position in a lift. But let's just talk about the eccentric and the concentric. The tempo means just the time under tension of controlling those movements. So you might see some people, normally when I write my programming, I'll say uh, lowering or three-second eccentric or four-second eccentric. All that means is controlling that lowering phase for three to four seconds or the allocated time. So if we were to do a Romanian deadlift, the eccentric phase will be when you are from the standing position to lowering uh, and hinging. That is the eccentric phase. When you come up, that's the uh, concentric phase. So if you were to give, be given a four-second eccentric that would be four seconds on the way down. Why we prescribe tempo is, I normally prescribe tempo to get the client to gain control of their movement. Majority of the time in the gym, with most exercises, we tend to rush. We want the exercise to be over and the set to be over. And what we end up doing is, it ends up being a wasted set, or we don't end up trying to use the muscles or engaging the muscles that we should be using. We, we end up kind of swinging and using more momentum than actually getting our time under tension and elongating those muscles. So tempo is really important in understanding 
and controlling the movement and really trying to pay attention to uh, the movement and where you should be feeling it. So the longer you go on the tempo, the more difficult the lift becomes. I've been practicing uh, slow levers with some of my clients. So a slow lever might be like a 30 second push up on the way down. And oh boy, if you can't handle four seconds on a, on a RDL, then a 30 second eccentric push up is gonna really give you the shakes. So being able to be under tension for a long period of time is gonna make lifting in a normal, normal speed, a normal pace, normal tempo much easier. So first gain control before you go super heavy. So I guess for today, we'll just leave it there. I don't wanna make this a 30 minute or a 40 minute podcast. For the first few podcasts, I'm probably gonna be by myself on my own. So bear with me if this one sucked big time. I'd like some feedback. If anyone's listened to this, I'd like some feedback. If I'm speaking too fast or if I'm uh, talking too loud or if I'm going on a tangent. Look, I'm going to go on a lot of tangents. I do end up uh, going on a lot of tangents. But eventually in the next probably four or five episodes, I will get uh, some guests on. I've already got a few people in mind. It'll be people from the industry, people that I look up to, people that I think uh, are cool to talk to. Um, and it's good to get uh, some other opinions and other discussions going on and conversations just to bounce bounce off, bounce off of, bounce off of. I guess that's what I say, bounce off of. So thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate any feedback that you have. This is the first episode of Synergize This and hopefully it's onwards and upwards from here. So have a great day. Enjoy yourselves and bye-bye.